The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. I have with me here at Oxford today, Mr. Olomide from Nigeria, to discuss the role of Nigeria in global business. Mr. Olomide is an experienced legal practitioner. He is head of the commercial practice at O&A Legal in Nigeria. Nigeria is a nation of great potential with plenty of natural resources and great prospects. It has all the ingredients to step up and play an important role in the global economy. The quality of governance and utilization of the resources will probably dictate the pace of growth of the economy of Nigeria. It is one of the largest economies in sub-Saharan Africa. In the past, it relied heavily on oil as the main source of foreign exchange and also as a revenue earner for government. After the banking crisis in 2008-9, the growth profile changed. It changed towards agriculture, telecommunication and services sector. Despite being oil rich, Nigeria has struggled in the past with regulatory and governance needing much improvement to achieve its full potential on the global stage as an economic power. However, since 2015, with the new government in place, Nigeria has laid out a plan to increase transparency, diversification of economy uh, from oil, and improve fiscal management. The new president won election on an anti-corruption platform. And he has made significant progress in that direction. The new government has implemented a treasury single account to enable the government to manage its resources efficiently. The government is also developing stronger public-private partnerships for road, agriculture, and power, etc. Today, we will discuss various aspects of Nigerian economy with Mr. Alumide. Welcome, uh, Mr. Alumide. Thank you very much. Alumide, Nigeria has been in the eyes of all the business people globally. Everybody watches it carefully. They want to deal with Nigeria, a lot of opportunities, natural resources. As uh, in the preamble of the program, I was talking about, can you give me a quick lesson in the history of Nigeria? Well, thank you very much, Shish. Uh, Nigeria is an interesting um, topic to discuss. 
Uh, but I'll start from how Nigeria came into me in the first place. Uh, as you understand, Nigeria is a British colony. Right. And um, of course, it was amalgamated by Lord Lugard in 1914. Then um, over the years, of course, there was a call for independence, which was uh, led by some seniors, uh, elder statesmen mm-hmm. then. So um, after much um, discussion with the British colonials, uh, then we um, Nigeria was able to attain independence in 19, 1960. Uh, it was actually approved in 1958, but the proclamation was in 1960. Okay. Yes. Uh, so uh, Nigeria is a country with uh, the population which is estimated to be about 200 million now mm-hmm. because of the um, rate of population growth in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have three major ethnic groups in Nigeria. We have the Yoruba, Igbo, and the Hausa. Mm-hmm. Uh, since um, uh, independence in Nigeria, we've had uh, a civilian government who was uh, the person that took over the reins of uh, power from the British. Mm-hmm. Then... Uh, Sometime along the line, the British, uh, the um, military became interested in governance. So there was the military rule, which went on and on and on, interrupted at some time with civilian rule for for just uh, a couple of months. Mm-hmm. Then the military comes back. In short, the military ruled Nigeria for close to about forty years. Okay. Yeah. So over the period, uh, uh, Nigeria had uh, suffered dictatorship rule, which is uh, common with uh, the military rule. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was only in 1999 that Nigeria embraced democracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll say in full, but of course, uh, in practice now, we know the democracy is still nascent. Yeah, it's still quite young. Uh, so, um, so far now, we have um, a new government in place. It's just two years old, and uh, we're hoping that things are going to change um, for the better, at least against the ideology that Nigeria had in the past. Mm-hmm. Because, see, as, as the whole world looks at Nigeria, you know, Nigeria is blessed with natural resources. No, that's true. You know, and uh, that, that kind of resources Nigeria has, it fits in very well for a country which can play a role in the global economy. Oh, yeah, sure. You know, yeah. how do you see the role of, you know, the blessed land like Nigeria of natural resources, oil and gas and agriculture mm-hmm. to play a major role in global economy. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, Nigeria, after independence, uh, I think uh, there was an identification of natural resources, mm-hmm. at least as regards agriculture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, seemed, that sustained the economy, and the economy was doing very well. During this period, the Nigerian Naira exchanged for two dollars mm-hmm. as uh, uh, late as sometime in the 80s, you know, uh, the currency was quite good, inflation was controlled, the value of the currency was fantastic, things were doing quite well. But curiously, when the country uh, discovered oil, yeah, uh, of course, it was identified as an easy source of income. You know, you win so much forex, you have to just, all you have to do is just put some money in there get to the root of the oil and as soon as you get oil you just keep on swimming in money mm-hmm. so of course the people that invested so much in agriculture look like people who didn't know how to do business yeah so definitely there was a natural migration from agriculture to the oil sector so the food resource that we were exporting before we now have to spend the dollars that we make in the from the oil sector to import food into the country 
So that imbalance now came into the system. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So of course that only identifies um, two areas of a natural resource. Along the line, also we have um, gold in Nigeria. It hasn't been tapped. It is untapped. We have uh, precious stones. Uh, mm-hmm. We have um, this emerald, uh, rubies, mm-hmm. name it. Mm-hmm. Uh, different kinds of precious stones that are mined in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Uh, curiously, the market as regards um, uh, this precious stone is so good on the international market that uh, people are living simply on that and people are getting full-time employment on it. Presently, the government doesn't understand the mining industry in Nigeria, so it appears unregulated. Mm-hmm. Uh, people just go somewhere, dig up the ground, get some precious stone and just walk away. You don't pay anybody any tax and you don't do anything about it. So these are areas which we understand Nigeria enjoys uh, what do you call it, an endless supply of natural resource. As you will know, Nigeria is in the tropics. And uh, for whatever it is worth, you can plant anywhere in Nigeria mm-hmm. and it will grow. Whatever agricultural produce you want to uh, okay. produce in Nigeria, anywhere, it will definitely grow. That is how blessed Nigeria is when it comes to natural resource. Right. Because I remember they were pretty good in cotton also in past. Oh, yes. Uh, there was this thing yeah. we had in the north, another part of Nigeria, which you call the, um, uh, what do you call it? Is it the, um, uh, the groundnut pyramids? Uh-huh. The groundnut pyramids, yeah. In fact, it was a cultural statement then, the groundnut pyramids, yeah. Uh, you had this stack of um, groundnut sacks that were just built into high pyramids, just similar to what you have in Egypt oh. and all that. You know, that won so many, so much forex for the country. But curiously, people just took their eyes off these things. What happened? I don't know. But these resources are still there to be tapped. Uh, in a particular state in Nigeria, uh, the state is blessed with the production of bitumen as a natural resource. Yeah, mm-hmm. Bitumen definitely is what we use to uh, build our roads. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we use it in several other engineering um, uh, construction. But curiously, nobody wants to tap it. Why? I don't know. But the natural resource remains there. So maybe it is uh, once they found oil yes. and it was uh, a desirable commodity in the rest of the world. Oh, yes. And once you dug it, you're getting good value of it. Definitely. And then you don't have to keep working. Once dug means it will keep supplying your oil. Definitely. You don't have to do agriculture every day to grow it. Surely. So it was a little bit less hard work. Initially, more hard work to dig Yes. Some investment, (laughs) but later on it was not. So maybe that's what kind of happened. Yeah. And that's not uncommon. I've seen in some other countries that you can call it um, uh, some sort of Dutch disease, what they call it, (laughs) is that when you have the natural resources, so you focus on one Mm -hmm. and then you start importing rest of the stuff yes. and you create an imbalance in the economy mm-hmm. but I was surprised I was reading uh, the agricultural products massive yes. cocoa peanuts you talked about yes. cotton palm mm-hmm. oil corn rice mm-hmm. millet yes. cassava yams rubber cattle sheep mm-hmm. goats pigs timber fish oh yes everything whatever you can think about in agriculture yes. uh, you probably have it there mm-hmm. and uh, similarly I was relating it to your labor force there yes. agriculture still at 70% because it's manual man- man- it's intense labor intensive yes, yes. so that's answers yeah. our earlier discussion also yeah. that less people going into oil can give less a lot of money to those less people, few people 
but then other people suffer if they are not focusing course, on agriculture. Of course. So it looks like, but this is a little bit old number. It looks like uh, which I have the breakup of seventy percent in agriculture. I think it has changed now quite a bit. Oh yes, it has moved uh, uh, more towards industry and oil and gas. Oh yes, surely, yeah. surely. But uh, interesting part of that is uh, the new government in uh-huh. place. Uh-huh. Uh, after observing the uh, dip in international oil price, right, uh, which has affected the Nigerian com- economy, and uh-huh. uh, of course Nigeria is regarded as a state in recession now, yeah, and is just due to international oil market price. Which, you know, uh, there was a time, if you remember very well, just a few years ago, the oil was trading at $140 a barrel. Right, yeah. it was. Yeah. So Nigeria was making immense amount of money considering that value that was mm-hmm. placed on the, on, the, on the oil a barrel. Mm-hmm. But uh, curiously, due to several other um, energy, energy um, sources competing with the oil, and uh, overproduction by some open countries mm-hmm. and several other issues. Uh, the price of oil dipped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it dipped. Even countries who are not in the, on the OPEC, who are not countries that would normally compete in the international market, when I would do something we call shale gas, shale oil. Right. You understand know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I know. of course, this caused um, the value of the oil per barrel to dip seriously and it affected the Nigerian economy. Imagine um, if oil was trading at $140 a barrel and suddenly it's trading at $30 a barrel. Mm-hmm. You can know. Now you're going to see that we have a loss of a deficit of $110. That's a major, massive, massive fall. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. It is. And you're still getting the same oil, but it you're getting less same. value for it. Your efforts are still the same. Yes, it's still the same. Yeah. So that really affects the Nigerian economy. So because of that uh, observation, which came too late, mm-hmm. because at the time we're making the $140 a barrel, we had no back pockets. Mm-hmm. The government didn't keep any money for the rainy day. The money was just squandered. Uh, if uh, about $20 million is spent on, a, on an infrastructure project, mm. it never works. They spend under $20 million on it, mm. under $40 million on it. You say you don't get any results at the end of the day. There was cost overruns on projects here and there. They never got almost, they got almost nothing achieved. Mm. So the reality now dawned on the Nigerian government as soon as the, the oil price did. So it was about um, salvaging a sunk ship. Yeah. Mm. So now, uh, the idea, of course, now had to come in like, okay, how do you manage this crisis? Yeah. Uh, so we went back to the drawing board and now reminded themselves like, even before we found oil, we had agriculture and that sustained the economy. Why don't we just go back to it? And it's going to create so much employment. There are a lot of people out of work. Yeah. So the Nigerian government now has, has now put a policy direction in place. Uh, and apart from the policy direction, have uh, provided funds to assist farmers to expand their farms. If you've got the capability, just apply to get a farm and you'll be given all the necessary permits that you need. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of waivers uh, in the agricultural sector now. Uh, I'm even aware of, um, of a person who has invested in cultivating hibiscus flowers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and curiously, there's a high demand for hibiscus flowers in Europe. I don't know why, but uh, the, the demand for it is really high. Well, that's a, that's a yeah. brilliant point because yeah. we are already in an agricultural economy yes. and now you're moving back to it and there is a demand. Yes. And this is one example you're giving. Uh, what we will do is we'll now take a short break, uh, Alamidi, and we'll be back.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Welcome back. Uh, you're listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. And I'm here in Oxford uh, with uh, Alamedi. And we are discussing a very interesting topic. Role of Nigeria in global business. Uh, Alamedi, till now we discussed uh, how Nigeria was uh, formed. A little bit of uh, history. And then uh, how it was an agricultural economy full of natural resources. Moved to oil and gas. And uh, making tons of money. Anybody who has oil and gas <laughs> makes it. But then there's decline in oil prices. Yes. And now what to do? Mm. So uh, uh, good thinking by people in government are thinking about going back to agriculture to, to move another parallel arm of economy uh, to become self-sustaining economy. Uh, you were giving a very good example of the flower just before the break. Mm. I would like you to continue with that. All right. Thank you very much. Yes, so as regards um, the hibiscus cultivation, uh-huh. which I'm aware uh, some businessmen are into in Nigeria, uh, it was until I met the person, we got discussing over drinks, uh-huh. then he tells me uh, this is the business is into. I cultivate hibiscus flower. I thought he was joking, uh-huh. you know, because uh, I, consider, I considered him as someone who was in good standing in business and all that. So, how do you cultivate some flowers? Mm-hmm. Then he tells me, all right, I cultivate these flowers. I have a, a demand already for, to close all my, all my production for five years already now, and I've been paid up front. Yes. And all I have to do is just meet the demand um, as is required under the supply agreement. And it was quite interesting for me. Like, you mean we have this much potential uh, in the agricultural sector and some people are kind of certificates around syndicate for a job. If you knew about all these things, I'm sure uh, even some other sectors are going to be open uh, in the agricultural area for uh, for business. Uh, it was then and I did a further research and I found out that there was this uh, cocoa that used to be a sustainable sustainable means of income for the country at some point in time. Right. Yes. Then uh, I found out that there's almost no business from Nigeria as regards cocoa anymore. So what has stopped people from doing this business? Didn't it make money? It definitely made so much money then. So why did people run away from it? Uh-huh. So uh, if you get people who are still interested in this area, of course, go grab it. The government is ready to give you whatever support they want that, that you need in this aspect. 
That's great. You know, many a times what you do is, which it seems like happened in Nigeria, you hit the gold mine with oil. Yes. <laughs> Especially, it was scarcity of oil. I'm sure everybody was looking for oil and uh, industrial uh, revolutions are happening. Countries were getting industrialized. They needed it. Mm-hmm. So, they moved away from their core because yes. at that point of time, oil was giving them more money. Sure. So, now I'm really glad to see they're exploring what was their core, yes. you know, in the agriculture and other part where they can still build a sustainable business out of it. Yes. But I said business means for a country, it's, it's economy. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Um, do you do you see the shift? I would rather say I wouldn't say shift from oil and gas to other natural resources. Uh, I would say a parallel development of the core strength of Nigeria. Is it being driven by the government, or these are the individuals taking initiative, mm-hmm. or business people to drive? the economy with commercial benefits to them uh, with agriculture. Why I'm saying this is because this makes Africa another global player in commodities, in agriculture, because one needs food. Mm -hmm. There's a food sustainability requirement also. Definitely. Uh, As it is, it is a program which has been uh, adopted by the government Uh and is a policy direction. And of course, there's so much encouragement for the private sector to be a major player Uh in this um, industry. Uh, There are several forms that have been set up in respect of your culture now, and the government is ready to even um, assist uh, new graduates, fresh graduates, Mm -hmm. to go into this business. Uh, some graduates have considered agriculture as a dirty business. You get dirty. Nobody wants to get dirty. Right. Most graduates want to wear a nice white shirt with a tie and go to an office, a well-conditioned environment, yeah. and go home, pay some fat check. Yeah. But forgetting that some people need to take care of this area of agriculture. Yeah. And of course, there's immense opportunities in this area. Yeah. So with the government now encouraging fresh graduates to go into that area, I can attest to the fact that I know a number of people who are into fish farming now mm-hmm. and who are doing very well without it consuming so much of their time. Then there are some people who have also gone into um, uh, what you call that uh, corn plantations mm-hmm. and they are doing very well in that area. Uh, we've gone, we know some people who are going into supply and distribution of agricultural produce and are doing very well. So the opportunities are just uh, immense. Talking about agriculture, a load even at this time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, this goes hand in hand with you talked about the population of the country and and the demographic dividends. Are they available to the extent, uh, as you rightly said, uh, you already get dirty when you're doing agriculture. Yeah, it's getting mechanized, but still there's a lot of human element involved is one end. On the other end is oil and gas. And thirdly, uh, the intellectual capabilities of Nigerians is also very good. Surely, surely. So would you say that intellectual capacity here, maybe pulling them out of farming, (laughs) trying to do better things because they're highly educated. Surely. surely. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, there's a lot of value the education in oh, Nigeria. Surely, surely, surely. It's, it's fact. Uh, education is a culture in Nigeria. You must be educated. Uh-huh. Uh, whatever it takes, just get educated. Uh-huh. Get out there. It doesn't matter if you get a job by the end of the day. I'm just joking anyway. But, uh-huh. but just get educated. That's what really matters. So when it comes to um, human resources, uh-huh. uh, to get uh, to implement these projects and get things done, of course, uh, they have, uh, we have a population about, about estimated to about 200 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can be assured that when it comes to human resources, you can't lack any of that, it's even in any field. You just talk about it mm-hmm. um, uh, commerce, finance, uh, law, uh, the medic, uh, medical line, 
name it, even agriculture. I know when I was in university in the Department of Agricultural Economics, uh, we had uh, classes that were always filled up. So definitely, <laughs> definitely, you have an endless supply of human resources uh, in Nigeria. And of course, if there is any foreign investor that wishes to do business in Nigeria, it doesn't have to bother about the cost of labor. It's decent around that place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that that's what I see for for global economy, for global bus- in terms of global business sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nigeria, more I hear you, seems like is is pretty well set mm-hmm. uh, in terms of skill sets, yes. knowledge, because the the community or the country people are focused on acquiring knowledge. Yes. So that's the basic. Uh, uh, route which they built pretty strong. Yes. They must acquire knowledge. Must be well educated. Yes. Second, you have natural resources available. Yes. Natural resources in two categories: mm-hmm. self-sustaining agriculture sector. You can feed yourself if yes. you want because yes. the land is fertile. Opportunity is there. You've mm-hmm. done it in past. Mm-hmm. And then you're again blessed with oil and gas also. Yes. So to me, it seems like that Nigeria gradually would be moving in into uh, uh, playing a major role in global economy. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's correct. Uh, considering uh, the Nigerian gross domestic product as of a few years ago, which was yeah. about $500 billion, uh, that was what actually drew the attention of a lot of investors to Nigeria at that time. Yeah. Uh, you know, the population is there. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of need in several sectors considering Nigeria. Uh, in Nigeria now, there's a shortage of, a shortage of infrastructure. Of course, if anybody needs to do business, the space is just there. It is vast. It is so vast. Uh, we have uh, the need for roads. We have the need for power. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's need for water. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, a lot of things that appear to be the general African problems mm-hmm. are definitely available in Nigeria, and uh, they are there for people who deserve, who, who really desire to prefer solutions mm-hmm. and gain. Monetary value at the end of the day, uh, these things are there for them to gain advantages from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically, opportunity is there, people are willing to do, the knowledge base is there. Mm-hmm. So, few things can be done. That's very nice. Now, yes. uh, now I had a little bit another thought process which I want to share with you. The whole of African continent had governance issues. Yes. yes. Well, I, let me put this way some countries had. Yes. You know, and, and, uh, in, in what I see now in, in recent past, by a few decades, if you go back, Nigeria has seen positive dis, uh, development in this direction. There has been positive. Yes. There has been civilian government for quite a while now. Yes. And uh, it's not only civilian government. There has also been a democratic transfer of power. Yes. So opposition party took over. And yes. well, there's no military involved. It's, it's civilian. They're doing it. So it looks like the governance process, governance, and the quality of governance is improving. It is improving, I need to say so. Uh, we've come a long way. Yeah. Uh, Nigeria is a peculiar country. We have several ethnic groups. Mm-hmm. Though we talk, talk about ourselves being three major ethnic groups, yeah. we have several ethnic groups. We have some peculiar set of people. Uh-huh. Uh, when you have so many ethnic groups, you know, there's diverse interests, right. diverse ideologies, values are different. Normally, I most times, it is conflicts of values. So, governing Nigeria is a special kind of education for any leader. Uh-huh. So, that has been a challenge uh, for several leaders. Apart from the fact that we've had a running battle with corruption yeah. with past leaders, uh-huh. uh, but with a new government in place, there's been the rhetoric, the narrative against uh, 
against corruption. Right. So there's this uh, anti-corruption drive now. Uh, if you observe in the news, there's been the arrest of so many top government officials mm-hmm. uh, who um, served uh, in some governments before uh, now, and uh, a lot of them prosecuted, some have been convicted, mm-hmm. and uh, there's been this uh, consciousness that has been driven to people mm-hmm. to now know that things have to have to be done a proper way. We have to move away from from the ideology of corruption. Government um, officers are held responsible mm-hmm. for the duties which is placed upon their table. So there's been that uh, direction with the new government to make sure that things are done properly. Mm-hmm. Uh, recently, the government signed an executive order which uh, emphasizes on the need for the civil service to be professional in the discharge of its duties. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and there's been several meetings, workshops, seminars within the government system to remind them that you as a government officer, uh, you are there to serve the people. Mm-hmm. If you stand in the way of mm-hmm. an approval, mm-hmm. that will better the lives of the people. Mm-hmm. Just because of some financial gain that you're looking for from that transaction, uh, you have not only deprived those people who are present, you've deprived several generations after that by your singular action of the benefit to, to be derived from that transaction. Mm-hmm. Yes. So there, there, there's that uh, drive to make sure things work better now. And that is, uh, I, I, I think, it's a good drive in the, in the, pos- in the positive side. Uh, if we can continue in that manner, and uh, whatever government that comes even after this one, if they adopt that same mentality, I'm sure in a matter of 10 years, Nigeria will be in a very good place uh, in the international market. Mm. Well... <clears throat> Thank you, Alumidi. Uh, we will take a short break and uh, we will resume our interesting discussions after the break. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. experts here. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back. Uh, you are uh, listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. We are in a very interesting discussion here in Oxford with uh, Mr. Olumidi from uh, Nigeria. And we are discussing the role of Nigeria in global business. Seems like a lot of things uh, where Nigeria can contribute in global business. 
just before break, Alimadi, we were talking about the improving quality of governance mm. in Nigeria yes. and how the positive impacts are becoming obvious to the citizens there, especially in terms of corruption yes. being cleaned up and processes being uh, cleaned up. Uh, there is accountability for uh, bureaucrats and uh, the government is focusing on get, getting the right things done yes. so that uh, people can live a nice life yes. and uh, uh, people can conduct business yes. in a fair manner. Mm-hmm. And, and it looks like with that, the country will definitely, uh, uh, I would say, attract a lot of attention from foreign companies definitely. in terms of investments. Sure. I think whatever I heard you in first two session gives, gives me a very good feeling that uh, it's getting ready for, uh, for more uh, uh, of the global players yes. uh, getting uh, ready to come into Nigeria and further support the growth there. Now, uh, the question to you is, how do you see this positive development in, in governance impacting, I would now call the rise of Nigeria as a global economic power? Can it be, I think, with whatever you, uh, we have in the country and the, the direction it has set, uh, I think it can be. You have natural resources, yeah. your knowledge, education, mm-hmm. skill set. Yes. And in, 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 in natural source again, we, we, we repeated a few times earlier, oil and gas as well as agriculture. Yes. So I want to capture your views about can Nigeria be a global economic power? I quickly want to say and hurriedly that yes, Nigeria can be a global power. Right. Only if governance can be done right. Right. And yes. that's how I felt after hearing you on the governance side improving yes. that that is a good platform to build. Oh, surely. Because naturally, if an investor wants to come into a country to invest, Mm -hmm. they want to know the government's policy direction. In fact, most times before they bring their money into the country, uh, they want to have an endorsement of the government. Is the government happy with the business I'm bringing in? If they're not happy about it, it's likely they're putting a policy which is going to frustrate my business. But if they put policy in place which is going to encourage my business, that means they're already embracing the vibe I'm coming. Right. Uh, for example, now we have a policy on uh, renewable energy in the country. Uh, so so far, uh, there's been some major international corporations that have signed agreements with state governments to provide renewable energy resources, solar, bioethanol, and um, a source of power from natural gas mm-hmm. also. Uh, because um, uh, Nigeria has been accused of being one of the major players in uh, uh, pollution, uh, in the environment pollution because of uh, flaring of um, gas. Ah, yeah, there's a lot of flare there, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, of course, uh, a lot of power companies are now coming to Nigeria to assist Nigeria in utilizing the gas that is being flared. But there's so much of gas deposits in Nigeria that uh, it's as if uh, you have so much money in the bank, you don't know what to spend it on. <laughs> so now with the influx of these uh, investors trying to channel the gas to power, uh, that is a positive uh, development in the system. So uh, furthermore, uh, in, in, uh, with the governance system in Nigeria, uh, a quick example of the effect of governance in Nigeria in making Nigeria a major player in the international economy is um, uh, uh, in a particular state we call Lagos State in Nigeria, which used to be the former uh, capital of uh, Nigeria. Mm-hmm. There's been some immense 
development. It's the 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 the, the, the rate of development is so fast now that all you have to do is blink and you find something different has happened again. The roads are being built, roads are being um, are developed, even islands are being developed now. That is how far gone Lagos is now. Then uh, there is uh, investment by some major local investors mm-hmm. uh, to build free trade zones, to build uh, refi- local refineries, to build uh, new airports. And uh, all this is going on in Lagos State. Why do you think this is going on in Lagos State? Because the governance in Lagos for a while has been quite stable. Yes, and the policy direction has been just development. Put the infrastructure there. And now you have major franchises coming into the country. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you go to the US, you see major franchises, you you like it in the US. Mm -hmm. Go to the UK, you see major franchises, you like it in in the UK. Why in the UK, why in the US? Because there's stability in the system there. Can I go to Lagos, you see them there again, that means there's evidence of some stability. It gives them some assurance in the system that if I invest my money here, definitely with the government's endorsement of uh, my uh, investment to the country, then definitely it's going to do well. It will benefit me and also deliver value to the people in the place. Uh, I was saying something about renewable energy uh, before. Uh, there's a lot of incentive by the federal government in the renewable energy sector, which encourages people to just just bring it. Uh, as you are aware, there's been the um, the Paris uh, the Paris um, agenda, yeah. which is uh, on uh, climate change. It's for everybody to contribute his own quota to reduce the emissions uh, in the air and embrace renewable energy. And Nigeria is a signatory to that accord. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, of course, even before then, initiatives have been in place to ensure that they encourage uh, investors in this area. So uh, it's, uh, it's a move in the right direction, and uh, the people are really keen into it. Uh, so uh, for those that have keyed into it, they are all just trying to drag along. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other people who are still trying to understand what is going on. Mm-hmm. But uh, for the Nigeria's role in the international market and international economy, uh, Nigeria has a big role to play. Even as the most populous black nation in the world, mm-hmm. it has uh, a, a big role to play. Very nice. Yes. Now, uh, can you share with our listeners a few things about how is the legal system in the country taking shape? And how is the financial sector, uh, the strength of financial sector? And uh, I heard a lot of activity happening in the digi- digital space also in Nigeria. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So if we can start with legal, financial, and, and uh, <laughs> digital. Digital. Okay. Starting with legal, because most of the times you get the investment when you have a robust legal system. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, sure. I quickly want to say the legal system uh, is in place, but of course with some challenges. Mm-hmm. Uh, the major challenge that the judicial system has is the fact that cases in courts take long. Mm-hmm. They take long. And of course, there's been several uh, steps taken by the government to mm-hmm. ensure that there is quick justice delivery uh, for people who have their cases in courts and who have their rights to be determined and all that. 
uh, uh, there's, over the years, there's been several reforms that have taken place. It includes um, a fast-track system, mm-hmm. identifying some cases that have to be on the fast-track. Nigeria has even a signature to the arbitration um, uh, treaty. So uh, arbitration is, of course, a, nat- is a natural option for commercial transactions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that gives some investors confidence that, oh, I don't have to go to the court if the court is going to waste so much time. I'll just say the arbitration panel will get our disputes res- um, resolved. Oh, that's a yeah, good point. Yeah. yeah. So um, the judicial system, uh, by and large, I think we've been able to take some steps forward. Uh, but as I see, if we take five steps forward, then we take two back. Mm-hmm. But it's still three it's, steps forward. Yeah, yeah, you understand. So it, it turns out to be three steps at the end of the day. Yeah. So uh, it's 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 a big struggle, but the judicial system is moving. Uh, recently, the Chief Justice of Nigeria. Uh, uh, puts in a policy to ensure that cases are determined on time and in ensuring that the policy is followed, a lot of judges have been sanctioned for delaying cases. Yes, uh, because it has been identified that the, uh, the delay in some cases, in fact most cases has been due to the ineptitude of the judge. Yes, okay. yeah, the capacity issue has been a, a, a major concern. Uh, we've also had some in between cases of corruption of some judges, but they've been handled so well. Recently, you probably would have heard that some judges were arrested. Mm-hmm. So, uh, with that kind of attitude of the government, mm-hmm. uh, which is part of the anti-corruption campaign, mm-hmm. uh, most uh, the judicial system is now coming up uh, out of its shadows and uh, taking charge of mm-hmm. its own uh, domain properly. Uh, you talked about one other aspe- uh, two other aspects again. Financial. The financial aspect. Okay. Uh, the problem with the financial sector is that even though we have a number of banks in Nigeria, in fact, we have about 18 commercial banks, mm-hmm. apart from microfinance banks, several, over 800 microfinance banks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have um, mortgage banks, several mm-hmm. of them. Uh, there is a big of challenge in the financial sector. And the reason is this, naturally, a business person who wants to do business, wants to approach a bank for a loan, it is near impossible to be able to access a loan from a bank. And even if you do that in the Nigerian banks, the commercial rate will naturally kill your business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the interest rate is, uh, goes uh, between 27% and 33%. It's, it's, it's incredible uh, if you think you're actually going to make a profit and still be able to pay off your loan. That's pretty high. That's it, right. it is extremely high. So that kills a lot of businesses in Nigeria. And the fact that a lot of banks in Nigeria don't have the capacity to understand a client's needs. They don't have specialized desks to deal with, um, let's say, uh, a, a client who is willing to assess a loan for agriculture and the type of agriculture, if it's not the mainstream agriculture they understand, we'll say, we're very sorry, we can't put our business in that. Uh, then if it's even um, IT, we're very sorry. What if, what if a virus hits your network? What happens? We're going to lose money. So uh, their lack of capacity in these areas has uh, caused them not to be able to uh, give fund, uh, funds to uh, business persons. Uh, of course, most of the business in Nigeria are, in Nigeria are SMEs. Of mm-hmm. course, so they don't have uh, the access to this finance. Uh, then again, uh, the bank's appetite for risk is very low, extremely low. Uh, if you have a project and you need a bank to finance it, 
Uh, the bank definitely wants to take all the risk. They are not there as a partner to assist you grow your business while you also enjoy benefit from it. They want to protect themselves. They want to protect themselves. Yeah. For example, you want to access a loan of about uh, $5 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bank will ask for a collateral uh, security for that loan of $5 million. And what is the kind of um, security they're looking for? They're looking for a $15 million security wow. for $5 million uh, wow. <laughs> transaction. How many of, how many people can uh, actually have access to such assets? Collateral. Yeah. Uh, collateral. It's uh, near impossible. So that's what kills a lot of ideas which are there to be brewed, uh-huh. turned to business. You know, you would have expected that the bank should be interested in financing mm-hmm. uh, an idea which of course they'll have tested with uh, a competent desk, mm-hmm. which they, they do have there. It doesn't have to necessarily have to be any collateral or physical security in respect of that. In fact, the idea I would have thought would be sufficient for the finance. But curiously, they want to just want to like give you the money and hold the property. It goes back, we tell you, we're very sorry, we're selling your property. That's what happens. So that has been a challenge in the financial sector. Uh-huh. Yeah. Then uh, coming to the digital, of course, uh, the world is digital now. And what we'll do is what you said on the financial. Uh, it's it's a very intriguing point which you raised. Yes. Then how the banks are securing for themselves first, and then giving the money. That could be a deterrent for people to. Uh, I would say for entrepreneurship. Sure. Somebody wants to start a business. Sure. So what we'll do is that maybe we are at the end of our third session. So we'll take a short break and we'll continue our discussion with the digital. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. back. You are listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. We are having a very interesting discussion about Nigeria here in Oxford with uh, Alumidi and uh, you're finding out today that how Nigeria with good governance is gradually turning its assets, the natural resources to slowly and steadily uh, grow successfully towards becoming a major economic player in the global business. 
Alumidi, very impressive piece of information you shared with us uh, today. Uh, seems like a very positive story unfolding. And uh, yes, definitely banking seems to be playing a little bit uh, uh, safer game there, trying to secure everything, a uh, little bit less appetite for risk. Uh, can we continue now about um, the digital space? Because in the digital era, how Nigeria is reacting to it and how it is adapting to the digital age. All right. Uh, I can assure you that Nigeria has uh, at least joined the bandwagon as regards the digital race. Uh, we've set up uh, the agency for space management. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've set up an agency for the management of internet registration. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have um, uh, several agencies uh, that manage. We have um, uh, this uh, uh, agency that manages the, the warehouses the government information also. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a number of steps that have been taken in by the private sector as regards to digital space. Uh, I can also uh, inform you that Nigeria have taken steps and in fact enacted the cyber security bill. Yes, uh, of course, which makes provisions for our policy as regards how you take your information, how someone can access your information, how your information should not be accessed or used, and all that. All these are in place. I have been privileged to be part of uh, an organization which was part of the group that assisted in the federal government's policy direction as to get cybersecurity in Nigeria. Uh, we set up, uh, we actually had a conference as far back as in 2011, yes, 2011, uh, which was the first conference in Nigeria on cybersecurity. Mm. And they were able to come up with a communique, uh, which let the government identify the need to secure its own cyberspace. Mm. Uh, so this was part of what was adopted and uh, use in the creation of the cybersecurity bill. We were also invited to the public hearing on the cybersecurity bill where our observations were noted mm. and put into place. Uh, the, um, uh, as regards the digital uh, space, uh, well, when it comes to that, there's some regulation as regards that. Then um, again, uh, coming to the internet registrations, Nigeria has now has an extension which is .ng. So Nigeria is playing its own role in that area. Uh, websites uh, are also being used to transact business now. Now you have um, just similar to uh, this disruptive businesses uh, organizations that will cause something like um, uh, the Airbnb, the Ubers, and all that. We have Uber in Nigeria, definitely. That's which is making use of the digital space. Uh, then we also have. Um, uh, these other organizations that just that have the websites as platforms to trade and a lot of it has been going on. We have several websites that trade cars. Mm. They don't sell any car. They don't have any car to sell. But of course, they create a platform for you to sell your car. We have um, several websites which are all local websites that are used to do business. I can confess that at the initial stage, I was quite skeptical about uh, this uh, digital emergence uh, in Nigeria. But uh, interestingly, uh, there's been a rapid development in this area. And a lot of Nigerians, uh, they have caught onto the bandwagon. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
uh, it seems to be doing quite well. It seems to be doing quite well. As regards big data also, there's been collection of data, definitely. We also understand that um, a lot of major corporations that want to come into Nigeria want to assess this data. And of course, several organizations have been working on that, collecting the data, warehousing, collecting data, warehousing, of course, which they sell to these major corporations uh, for them to come into the country. So Nigeria is doing uh, fairly well in, in the digital space. Uh, even now, uh, a lot of graduates uh, find themselves in the IT industry doing one thing or the other. Why? Because they know we are now in the digital age. So everybody's catching onto the, uh, uh, what do you call it, on the, on the bad, one, bad wagon of digital cyberspace. For example, in my own uh, firm where I work, uh, there's a, we're digitizing the firm now, digitizing the firm's business. Why? Because it has been realized that physical contact is not necessary to do business in these days. You can operate from anywhere. So now, uh, placing your business in the cloud or cyberspace makes it easy for you to operate from anywhere. It saves you costs, it saves you time, uh, your deliverables are easy to achieve, and uh, uh, things are working better. That's nice. It's great to hear it. It's a fantastic story. So, natural sources, education, banking system in place, yeah, okay, higher interest rate, that's fine. It's a matter of time how the government policy comes into play, how the fiscal and monetary policies are decided. Population aligned, country getting aligned with the digital age. So there are good signs of a nice future for Nigeria. What do you see as the future of Nigeria? Well, I would like to be positive yeah. and definitely Nigeria, definitely with this kind of mindset yeah. moving forward. Yeah. I give Nigeria 10 years uh-huh. and uh, I'm very sure I will be rubbing shoulders with the big players in the international economy. Fantastic. That's great news. And uh, Uh, Thank you so much. This has been a great discussion. And uh, if I have to summarize, I can summarize in your last sentence what you said, that uh, it is making progress and it's doing the right things, has the demographic uh, advantage, educated population, the concept of the culture of uh, being educated and the importance of education, national sources, getting digital and uh, an established banking system, governance improving, and, and the legal system getting cleaned up. These are all the signs of a country moving towards progress. And seems like a lot of good things to expect from Nigeria. Sure. Thank you so much for joining uh, the show today. Thank you very much. Really appreciate again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america business channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit voiceamericabusiness.com
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 